clap for us. <laughs> so welcome back to today's episode of For Evans Sake Daily. My name is Ni Odate Evans. And I'm Nana Evans. Um, and we are bringing you the news from a parenting perspective. In today's show, we're going to be talking about um, knife crime. There's been a dramatic drop in the number of, of knife crimes um, in the capital, but Nobody seems to be talking about it. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, we're also going to be talking about the cost of living payments. They work out to be something like £75 a month over the year, yeah. and it doesn't seem like it's nearly enough. Um, and then a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about Rishi Sunak's new plans uh, to make maths compulsory, um, which I think is hilarious coming from like a a son of an immigrant. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into yes. that a bit later. <laughs> um, so as I said, now, Nana, you were the one that actually brought this story to me about knife crime. So mm -hmm. do you want to... Okay, so I was on the internet looking at news stories and then came across some stats um, that shocked me that this wasn't major news and I hadn't heard about it. So basically in December um, 2021, through the year of 2021, there was 30 youth knife crimes in the capital. That was very high. It had gone up since 2020. So Sadiq Khan, the London mayor, put forward plans. He pledged 150 million to tackle this. That was going to go to policing, youth centres, like all different types of initiatives. Fast forward to December 2022, and the stats have come back and there's been 14. That is a drop of over 50%. And nobody is talking about the measures or Sadiq Khan's plans, any of that. Like, this is actually good news. Mm -hmm. And Amazing we're not hearing news. about Amazing news. news, yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts and what theories that could be. So I'll give my, my thoughts and theories in a second, but I also want to hone in specifically on Croydon. Um, mm -hmm. So I found this on, on the Sky News website. In 2021, Croydon was the teen murder capital yes. of London. In 2022, there were no fatal teen stabbings Zero. none yeah. okay and again police training sessions and dj workshops are among the programs credited with the dropping numbers and that's come from sadiq khan's 150 million pounds investment now quite simply for me i think this highlights the problem with our uh, our political system mm. because we are too entrenched in uh partisan politics because if the other side has a win we can't acknowledge that the other side has has had a win. Mm. But ultimately, the people, and especially the young people, are the most important thing. So if we have a, a win as, a, as amazing as this, that in Croydon, nobody died from a teen stabbing, we have to be shouting that from, from the rooftops. Because also, yeah, that good so. news it's, it has a ripple effect. Yes, yeah, that's what you would think. I would say, even like the partisan side of it, to one side, it's the media. The media always has a bias on a party for a certain amount of time. And our media is absolutely biased towards Conservative Party at this moment. Because mm -hmm. I think if this had come about in Boris's reign as London mayor, oh. we would have been hearing about yeah. this all the yeah. time. Like anything that takes place. And remember what Boris did for, for youth knife crime and he reduced it. To, like We would hear about this, but we're not hearing about it because it's a Labour it's a Labour man. Yeah. And, and really, that's the thing that is getting me. It's, this is good news. This is really, as parents, we have so much fear, right. generally. And if you're that. hearing that there are measures that are out there that are reducing knife crime, we can lessen the fear. So what is the thing that you want your population to be living in fear? That, to me, is disgusting. Yeah, absolutely. I was literally just coming to that. Because for me, it's, it's like a cycle. So if we have a reduction in knife crime, and we pump that good news out there. Parents feel less fear. Mm -hmm. That 
immediately is going to have a, a better knock-on effect for children. Yeah. And then we've got children going out there that are happier because they're not being, you know, feeling the pressure from their parents' fear. Yes. And then it's a cycle and it goes round. But why are we not doing that? For me, it's, it feels and seems like common sense. Yes. Yeah. You would, you would hope, I, I really hope that this news does get out there and people do start spreading this, that actually there are initiatives and even um, one great one in Kentish town as well. Um, Malika's son, he has a great workshop. It's free for mm -hmm. 16 to 25 year olds and they can go, they can do DJing workshops. They can set up their own podcast. You can make music there. It's a brilliant initiative and these are popping up everywhere around the country. So it gives kids something to aim for as well. You're not going to be idle. Do you know what the thing is, you just saying that, it just made me think, have we not been saying, like the communities at a grassroots level, have we not been saying for years, mm. yeah, that the loss of our youth centres has had a direct correlation yes. in the rising crime amongst young people. Yes. And all of a sudden, look at that. Exactly. You exactly. invest £150 million in essentially what are youth centres and we have a drop in Well, I mean, crime. they did that in our generation, didn't they? Yeah. They started, like, just closing youth mm -hmm. centres on my estate. There used to be four when I was, like, under 10. By the time I became a teenager, there was none. Yeah. They closed all of them, and this is a huge estate in Kilburn. But, you know, so then what are people going to do? They were hanging around. And then you become prey for the older set of people, and then you it leads to county lines. Yeah. It's like it's just there's all the correlation, and I, I can't get away from I feel people in authority are complicit in all of this. Yeah. It all makes sense. It all feeds into actually, you know, education to prison. Yeah. Like it all feeds into the same thing. Well, when it when you look at it and it feels like all it comes down to is deciding where you're going to allocate money because it's not a question of whether the money is there or not because we know that the money is there. So it's they a question it, of yeah. so, so it's a question of where are you going to allocate money and you decide that actually we're not going to allocate money here. So it tells us that for some reason you think that this isn't important. Yes, yes, basically. De yeah, definitely. Until it is, until it becomes to catastrophic levels and then you have to do something about it. But yeah. I, but for in 2021, those 30 young people that died, there were things that could have been put in place and those lives could have been saved. And that's what all people who are in government should yeah. be thinking about. Yeah. They have blood on their hands. They could have done something about this. <sighs> okay, next story. Yeah. Uh, cost of living payments. Yeah. <laughs> so the government released that they're going to be releasing £900 uh, through the welfare system to some of the poorer families to help them get through this cost of living crisis. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, when you say £900, it sounds, it's, it's not an amazing amount of money, but it's, it's a good amount of money. Um, and then when you look at how they begin to break this money down, you then begin to see how actually this isn't really that helpful. So there is a payment coming um, this spring mm -hmm. of obviously around 300 and something pounds. 301 pounds. Uh, 301 pounds. And then there's another payment coming in August. Um, and then there's another payment coming next year, spring 2024, which will be the final payment. And uh, so over the course of the year, that works at around 75 pounds. Um, I know people that are spending 75 pounds a week. Yes. On gas alone or electricity yeah. alone. Yeah. So I, you know, compared to about like 30 to 40 pounds previously yeah, for the yeah. same time. And, you know, I, I guess the government is running on Tesco saying every little helps. But in, in this case, 
I'm not entirely sure that it does or that it's actually going to make an effective uh, uh, change for uh, impact on, on families. Well, the thing is, it's too little because the, uh, the prices have gone up so dramatically and you didn't put anything in place to stop that. So then... I think if you are in bed with the oil companies, with the gas companies, then you need to offset some of that to us so that we can survive, especially for the poorest people. Mm-hmm. 900, 900 a quarter would have been like, okay, yeah, you're trying well, to do something. Yeah. 900 over a year in free lump sums is really not helping anything. Like you can't even get a weekly shot for less than a hundred pounds. Like you're, you're not helping. This is just, you're just saying these things. It's just like news fodder, but they made sure that that went out in the news. I was about to say, so these things have an impact on the news. We see it front and center. And then also what happens in two years time when it comes to um, the, the general elections again, then they can be like, you know, we gave you £900. And, th- and what they won't do is they won't say that they gave us £900. They'll give the cumulative figure of how much they've given since the beginning yes. of the cost of living crisis. So it sounds like this massive number. And then, sadly, some people will, will begin to think, oh, yeah, no, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, th- yeah. Feed, they feed into the number and the stats that they feed that can be skewed as well. It's it's really frustrating and that it's so easy to manipulate yeah, the public. Yeah, that it really is. And I wonder... Number one, I wonder how people are surviving. I wonder how we're surviving. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm just so infuriated with with the government and how they're treating us. But if I'm being honest, more so, I'm infuriated with us yeah, as a yes. people because yeah. we we seem to be falling for it time and time again. I think that's the that's the annoying thing, isn't it? It's, it you really do want more. I mean, I guess that there are loads of people. As I said, I have join the the new and whatsapp group there are loads of is people it popping off yet no it's still not popping <laughs> off it's more about like car theft and stuff yeah but um welcome yeah, to new there are people really trying to get involved in local politics and mm. that's that's quite heartwarming they are trying could there you see yourself really doing trying. something like that local politics getting involved um when i'm 65 why why, why then because <laughs> it's like i'll do that in like the last third of life but why can't you make it? What if you like? What if you're now needed it's now? Family season, so oh, okay. that's building family wealth. Mm-hmm. And then the last third of my life, I will give to community building. Okay, fair enough. What um, are you gonna do? I'm gonna support you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna support you. Yeah. Um. I mean, th- to be fair though, I was speaking about it not too long ago. Um, when we had some some people around and I was just like, we complain about MPs and the amount of money that they earn. But actually, shouldn't more of us just be like, well, why don't we go get that money? Why don't we become an get MP? Involved, yeah. And then once you're, um, somebody said this on, on one of our TikTok threads and it's just like, there are actually good MPs out there. But the problem is there probably isn't enough. And so what happens is when they're trying to actually make good changes, they're surrounded by people who aren't about it, rise, and yeah. they don't, and then they're unable to rise. So actually, maybe more of us should be, should be. I doing mean, that. there's that, but politics is like any type of industry. It's a business and institution, yes. And there's there's levels to it, and for the few people that I know that have kind of been courted, especially by the Labour Party, to get involved, it's so intrusive on your wider family yeah, life. Yeah you kind of can shy away from it very quickly. That's why it's it's like an old boys club. It's like it's who you know, because then they kind of slot you in. 
Yeah. And so if you're part of the institution, it's a lot easier. It's, it's, they've made it this way. It's by design that normal people are not involved well, in yeah. it. Yeah. So we have to buck the trend. Yeah. We have to buck yeah. the trend. Yeah. 65. And maybe we will buck the trend by our young children studying maths until they are 18. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> the details of the prime minister's new mission will be announced um, in due course. Number 10 has said that the government does not envisage making maths A-level compulsory. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. So we're talking about Rishi Sunak, uh, his new plans in making maths compulsory for children up until the age of 18. They've already said that they're, what they're not going to do is make it a-level compulsory. What I hope they're going to do, because, and I think this is why maths... Just go back on. So, as in, like, you would do a GCSE for longer? Well, it, it doesn't say. So we're okay. going to find out. What I'm hoping mm. that they're going to do, because I think this is where there is a massive disconnect with, with people and maths. A lot of the time people talk about pi and for Pythagoras theorem and, and all of that. Algebra, yeah. And it doesn't have a correlation to maths in the real world. Mm. So I'm hoping that what they do is, right, so maybe you do maths up until GCSE, but after that, you do a form of, of maths that actually is relatable to the real world. Mm -hmm. So you understand APR, you understand mortgages, oh, of course, yeah. um, all, all of those I, things. Well, I guess it's, it's still a form of maths, but financial literacy. There you go. We would have two years after 16 of financial literacy. And so everything that you learn in maths within your secondary education, you know how to apply it when you get to 18 and put it out there into the real world. That would make sense. I, I, if that's what he's proposing, that would be great. Because just saying maths to lots of people yeah. until they're 18, most kids can't wait to leave yeah. the maths class. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's very few and far between that really enjoy it. And then also... In order to encourage people to be enthusiastic about maths, you need to teach it in the right world. It needs to be. It needs to be in the right way. It needs to be practical with the right people. Yeah, it has to be more like how they improve science. More experiments. It's like maths is so logical. You need to know all of the principles, and the principles can be taught in a really practical way. It doesn't need to just be sitting down pen and paper. Like you can change it up a bit. That's what they would need to do to get people enthusiastic. Have you ever thought about being a maths teacher? Because you are. You guys don't know. Nana loves maths. I do. I she do. loves maths. Is well, it... I did for a time when I was uh, an unqualified teacher. I was taking over maths classes, maths and drama. It was did you fun. Did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, it was like, yeah, kinda. Okay. I, 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 okay. I, I enjoyed it for a moment. You're not selling it to me. But the curriculum, as I said, the curriculum isn't um, that enjoyable to teach. Mm -hmm. so, okay, fair enough. Yeah, if if it could get shaken up a bit, I mean, the world is changing so phenomenally. Yeah, they're gonna have to change everything. So this anyway. was this was the other point I was coming to because I think what he's proposing is really important. I think it's even more so important when we look at how AI is mm. rapidly shaping how we live and work. Exactly. And so uh, one of the things that made me smile about this story is the son of an immigrant uh, yeah. talking about, you know, we need more maths. Yeah. And if you grew up in a in an immigrant household, you will know, and I, I'm sure this is, applies to other people as well, uh, but I'm speaking from a, a, an immigrant, a, a children of immigrant perspective, is that maths was like, it, you just know there was no messing around with maths. Like I, maths was the definitely, be all and end definitely. all. Um, and of all the subjects, yeah, yeah, to be like we're extending this until eighteen. 
I think for an Asian prime minister to say mass, <laughs> it, it, it did it did tickle me. Yeah, a bit yeah. Because English is also a problem. English is a mass <laughs> is a massive problem. So, so yeah, so I I I I saw the humor. I saw the humor yeah, in that. Yeah. But um, I he's putting his stamp out there. I think that was a bat signal. A bat signal to who? To his people. Wow. Anyway, we ain't going there. <laughs> we ain't going there. Not today. But yeah, I I hope I hope that um that they this actually turns out to be something of substance. I hope so. Um, and I hope that it will be a policy that will actually positively affect our children in years to come. Because what is a reality is is that as parents we have to realize that our education system in this country, and I'm not talking about private education. Our education system in this country, as it is, our children are going to be at a deficit. And so we have to be doing more mm. out in the home and outside of the, the, the normal schooling environment if, we're, if we want our children to succeed. Because I think as it is, it's probably not enough. Yeah, because you just have to think about what type of jobs are going to be out there, what type of businesses they're going to be creating. And if you're not keeping up with how technology is going to be shaping our lives. Yeah you're doing your family a disservice because the, we can't rely on the government to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the world is really shifting and we have to keep up. We have to keep up. We have to find out what is happening, how it's going to affect our families and what we can do to be one step ahead. Cool. Is that all of our stories? That's all of our stories, man. Oh, that went really quickly. Did it? What's, yeah. the, what's the time? What's we're, the time we're at then? 17 minutes. Oh. We're at 17 minutes. Okay, okay. That was so cool. we can... We can we can delve into something else. Um, this is kind of like news, maybe a little bit down, but I think it correlates with the knife crime. Mm -hmm. I haven't been seeing so many posts up about missing teenagers. I know. No, I have. Are you still seeing yeah. that? I wonder if I've like changed my algorithm. Yeah, but I used no. to see that all the time. And I was getting really hopeful. I couldn't find any data sources or any news mm -hmm. stories on it. But I was just like, yeah, I haven't noticed. Literally, that. saw one probably about three days ago. Yeah. Um. And and it, yeah, it was a it was a twelve year old girl. I think she met missing around. I think it was around Liverpool or Leeds. No, she, I think it was London. Anyway, she went missing. She returned again. And so I'm assuming, correct those, me if I'm wrong. Those quick returns. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So usually, those types of missing child. How much of it are we attributing to like things like county lines and how much of it do you think is just kind of disgruntled child in the home? I think a lot of it was county lines. Mm -hmm. Definitely. When I was seeing it, because um, it was very rare to see a girl. Most of them yeah. were, were yeah. black boys yeah. um, that were going around. And it's the kind of two week return as well mm -hmm. that was very indicative of our nephew when he was involved in it it was that mm -hmm. that same type of time span as well so i was getting slightly happy that it had yeah. gone down but you're still seeing it I i'm guess. still seeing but you know maybe maybe it is i mean i, I feel like it's timelines are so it's, it's such anecdotal evidence that you can't really you know trust yes, it too much yeah yeah definitely, um, definitely. But, yeah. but again even that that discussion seems to have kind of died down as to what's happening with county lines and how people yeah. are being prosecuted as well on on all sides like how the kingpins are being prosecuted but once you get involved in it and they're a child is it being considered as grooming like all of these things don't seem to be in the forefront yeah. unless you're 
propelled into it head first. And then where do you go to find out how to get help and resources and everything else? I guess that would be one that we could do a whole show on as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, the experience that, that we had with that a few years ago. um, Yeah. And we were very fortunate. We were extremely fortunate, extremely (laughs) fortunate. But yeah, I think, you know, we should probably touch on that. We should touch on that soon. Uh, I think there's probably like a lot to unpack there and, Mm -hmm. and a lot to share. And hopefully it'll be useful to to some people. You know, another piece of news I was seeing is um, the January strikes. Like all of the different industries that were going on strike. I was like, wow, that's great. Like ambulance, um, nurses, teachers. I mean, we know we've been having the rail strikes mm-hmm. as well post office post office it was just a run there was two weeks in january well there is going to be two weeks in january where nobody is striking yeah but other than that there is always two different industries striking can what are the government doing about this this is like this is like the 70s i remember my mum used to talk about it, it I, it's it's funny you said that because i was thinking that the other day the what we're going through now is definitely reminiscent of what they, or, you know, again, my mum my spoke to me about it. It was what they went through during the 70s. Something that I've noticed, um, and I'm going to hone specifically on um, the, the rail unions. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his surname, but we all know the guy, Mick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The RMT boss. The RMT boss, yeah. right. Um, why is it that it's always him front and centre on the news and they're taking him to task on why the unions are are are, are voting to strike, mm. but they never take to task as much. I, I certainly haven't seen it as much. If if you have, then let us know in the comments. They never take to task the actual bosses of the railway networks yeah. or the the MPs. And and if they do, it's not. And I'm, I'm thinking as I'm saying this visually, I can see like Richard Madeley and Susanna on GMB like specifically like when they get him on there they go they go to town yeah they go and town. there is never that level of vitriol for the other side yeah yeah and what's interesting is what i'm noticing now more and more is that when uh, a lot of these uh, tv shows go out and they talk to people on the streets about their opinions on the strikes before it used to be like oh they just need to go to work and then but a lot of time now the narrative is it's really frustrating but i support them yeah. And I think that's really important. I've I've noticed that a yeah. lot. That yeah. that kind of shift in perspective that people yeah. because I guess most people are now feeling that dissatisfaction that nobody cares. Yeah. So they are siding with the workers and they always should have been. This should be like we should always uphold somebody that is providing a service and is working mm-hmm. if if it's not working for them, we should support them. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it won't be long before it's you in your industry and your job where you're hoping that you have the public support when you need to strike yeah. or, or get your bosses to do something honorable. And, and again, going back to the whole AI thing with AI coming in the way it is, people are thinking my job is safe. A lot of jobs are not safe. Yeah. A lot of jobs are not safe. Um, so yeah. Society's going to change. We have to think about, how we're going to slot in. And, and and more importantly, how how we're going to enable our children to thrive in those societies as well, in this pivoting. in this new society. Yeah, pivoting, yes. yeah. Yeah, because it, it's going to be... That's the word, different. isn't it? That's the word since 2020, the pivot. Yeah. This is why they, they introduce these things. Yeah. Like, you know, cost of living crisis. Mm. No, you're just 
made everything expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you are literally just taking all of our money yeah. to profit your but they bring in new lexicons like lockdown. Yeah. So when they do that again, we're all gonna be like, oh, we know what this is. Yeah. Like, they just well, they're already it. talking about it again. So obviously with the crisis that's happening in the NHS and and this kind of new variant of the flu that's coming in. The other day, there was an MP on the news talking about how we don't want to go back to lockdown-style measures. And so these things are in our lexicon now. People are talking about not wearing masks again and what have you. And the reality is... We may get there. We may get there. Look, I'm I'm being honest with you as well, because the state that the NHS is in, um, I'm like, maybe it's not a bad idea to wear masks, just to limit yourself. Because what I'm telling you right now is, I, I am not... I do not want to go to hospital. For anything, yeah. because you're if going to hospital at the moment, like there was a lady on the news the other night who waited like 13 hours in an ambulance. Yeah, she was in hospital for 24 hours. Insane. Like waiting to get proper hospital care and was filming it as she was going along. It, that was that. That's mad. The country is broken. But also, like you know, there's all of that. There's the MPs talking about we may have to reintroduce wearing a mask and everything else. But it's only now that they are considering actually testing people coming in from China to see if they are coming in with a negative. It's only now. And, and that was and they did the, the same European... thing. Yeah, they did the same thing exactly. during the lockdown. Yeah. So it's like you want these things, don't you? Because who made a lot of money through the pandemic? Not me. MPs, <laughs> brethren. Yeah. So yeah. you 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 kind of want this pandemonium to take place again. So you know, I guess we just have to be thinking of how you keep your family safe. That's the main thing. That's the main thing because you can't rely on that. And I, I'm I, and I mentioned it in one of our previous episodes, but more and more, I feel like the way to keep the family safe actually may be by leaving the country. It it may be a. Uh... It may be something that we need to consider. And for the people that do consider leaving, they always say, go higher. Like, go to mountains. Like, go higher. Oh, wow, interesting. Because of the way the environment is as well. And rising sea levels and everything else. It's like, actually, if you are going to move, think about where you're moving to and aim to go higher ground than just flat planes. (sighs) That's really light way to end the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice when you think about it also as well it's like actually you know we could we could create lives where we live in different places aburi mountains we're coming that would be nice yeah i wouldn't mind yeah. that i wouldn't mind that yeah i wouldn't mind that guys um please take a a moment to follow us on our socials uh, you can find us on Instagram for Evans sake underscore. Uh, you can find us on TikTok. Same again for Evans sake underscore. Uh, we'll be clipping moments from the live stream and we can continue the conversation over there. We really appreciate all of the love and support that we've had so yeah. far on this journey. Uh, if you don't lots know. Lots of comments on TikTok. Yeah, well. lots of comments that's on TikTok. Really nice. uh, so that's that's brilliant. Um, and yeah, we really appreciate the support on this uh, 30 day challenge that we're doing. Um, so day we, three. yeah, we are day three. We will be live every weekday at 12 p.m. GMT. This is where you'll find us on the Meant to Excel digital YouTube channel. Yes. Have a wonderful day. Please share. Please share. Yeah. Let this get out onto WhatsApp, like all of the WhatsApp. Into the aunties group. Yeah. Share this around. (laughs) The aunties WhatsApp network. Join us on this journey. Watch how we change as well. Yeah. And and give us some news stories that you want us to discuss. Yeah. That'd be great. We are open. We are open.
Have a wonderful day, guys. We will see you tomorrow, tomorrow. at 12. Bye-bye.